Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. This episode is brought to you by Striving for Eternity's Ministry. Their very own Andrew Rappenport has wrote a book called What Do We Believe? This book is $5 off for all bar listeners if you type in the code BAR. Enjoy the show. Yo, welcome to the bar. Come on and pull up a seat. And open up your Bible, what a wonderful feast The living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets The inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet This where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news In light of the scripture, we are here to serve you We're your source for resources To help you on your way as you battle mean forces This is for the people who can see the importance Of sound theology and the scripture that support it And this is for the truth lovers Biblically reforming, preaching Christ to the nations Yeah, welcome to the the Reformation, yeah. The Bar, Biblical and Reformed. So, grace and peace, everyone. It's your man, T. Barlow, again with another episode of Bars, Biblical and Reformed Spitters. And today, I have a very special guest on the line, somebody who probably doesn't like to be called this, but you know what? He's a legend to me, and it's the brother by the name of Tony Ray. And here's a question. I meant to ask you this before I started this. Yeah, man. For years, I've been saying Hazakim. Is that how I say it? Yeah, Hazakim. That's right. Hazakim. Tony Ray from Hazakim. And say what's up to the folks for me, sir. Grace and peace, everybody. Uh, the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus the Messiah be with you all. And thanks, brother, for having me on, man. No problem, man. Thank you for coming on, man. Uh, I was excited, man, when you said yes to coming on, uh, just because uh, I'd love to just uh, just kind of just pick your brain on some things, man, and, sure. and just uh, you know just kind of get your thoughts and feelings on some stuff. So before we get started, man, you mind uh, uh, just telling the folks a little bit something about yourself? Yeah, yeah. So Hazakim uh, has been we've been while doing music uh, for almost twenty years. Um, and originally from Columbus, Ohio, many years ago, we moved to Florida. So we, we're, we're Floridians now through and through. But um, yeah. yeah, man, uh, we have a, a passion for the word of God. We were raised in the, the kind of Messianic Jewish or Jewish Christian world um, as we're multiracial and, you know, we have uh, Jewish roots. So um, that's that's a big part of our ministry. And our emphasis is kind of showing Jesus in the Old Testament and his fulfillment of, you know, the promises made in the Old Testament and how everything leads up to him. Everything in scripture is about him. So like a lot of our music makes that the theme, the, the theme that Jesus is, um, is, is everything. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, right. we've been doing it for a while, man, by God's grace, we, uh, 
you know, we've been able to keep doing it and, um, you know, we appreciate all the support and yeah, man, we're excited, you know, for what's coming. So yeah, man. Yeah. They were, yeah. Man, I gotta say, but I definitely, uh, you know, like when I first got came into like, uh, listening to Christian rap, I figured like, it's crazy. Like the transit, like it started with Bizzle. I think Bizzle was the first one that came across and then somehow came across Shylin and then it coming across Shylin, of course, I came across you guys. Uh, how's a king and, and uh, that name man like i've often wondered what does it mean or like where did it come from how did you how did you guys end up with that name as a as a rap duo yeah that's a great question so how's a king uh so when we started doing this many years ago um we were with two other guys who eventually kind of broke off from the group uh so it was just me and my brother were me and mike of course are our blood brothers um so we were left with uh, the two of us but when we were trying to find a name uh we were toying with different ideas and we called a friend of ours um who's a father the father of one of our friends who was also our youth leader and we were asking him like yo what's what's a good name and you know what is like how about this name in hebrew and and he he was looking through a book uh, as we were on the phone my brother was on the phone with him and he said what about hazakim and it just and it just rang. And what Hazakim means, it comes from the Hebrew word Chazak, which means strength. And it literally means strong ones or like warriors. So it's kind of it. It, it has to do with battle and being strong. Um, right. And okay. I mean, of course, for us, our, we're not strong strong in ourselves, but in the Lord, we are. We even the weak are strong. You know. Right. And and, and if I, and, and if my, I always say this, if, if my I'm not like a Hebrew expert in the least, but whenever you have the I am on it, that's what makes a plural. Is that correct? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, the E, yeah, that's right. Im, yeah, so it's it, the I am, that's correct. Yeah, so Chazakim uh, okay. is is plural for strength. So it's like strong ones. Exactly, you're exactly right. Got gotcha. you. Uh, okay, yeah, no, that's hot. See, like, this is what I, this that stuff that I'm talking about, man. Like I never knew that, man. And it's just like kind of like my first time hearing that. And um, so you see, you started off with four, then it, it ended up just just you and your brother. Uh, and that's Mike, correct? That's correct. Okay. All right. And you guys, um, for a while, lamp mode artists. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So yeah. we started out independent. Um, we in the early two thousands. Uh, well, I don't. I guess about two thousand eight. I would say. Uh, we, we, we got on with Lamp Mode and then we released Theophanies on Lamp Mode and then we released uh, a few years later, several years later actually, we released Son of Man. Um, and right now, you know, we got some news coming up really soon uh, about kind of where we're going from here and, and what's next. Um, and I can share some of it with you, but some of it I can't quite share yet. But yeah, like God's not done with us, man. We've got a whole new project that we're super excited about. We're actually trying to release a single within the month. Um, uh, you know, Lord willing, um, we just, you know, uh, life happens, you know what I mean? So we're really hustling right, and yeah. struggling to, 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 uh, it's not even cause this is really a priority for us. You know what I mean? Our ministry is a priority, but it's just about things coming together at the right time. And I think the Lord is opening those doors right now. Like, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So we're excited, man. We're, we're certainly excited. Yeah. It's definitely a wonderful time, man. And, and much needed, man, because like you guys, yeah, like, like the type of music that y'all put out. First of all, man, I gotta say, you know, one of the things I loved about y'all as a group is that the, the delivery, like the way that you guys deliver, the way you guys deliver your lyrics, and then on top of that, 
the depth of it, man. Theophanies is a it's just a it's a deep album. Um, and I think my favorite song off of that was the one you did with us, Stephen the Levi, um, Salvation Plan. Yeah. Like, uh, and it was just like the chorus, man. Like I I love that chorus like so much. And then like listening to how how you went from Yom Kippur to the Day of Atonement, you know, as the Day of Atonement to the New Testament yeah. Day of Atonement. I mean, I, I mean, it's like you can tell that there's so much, uh, just so much substance to your music, man. And and I feel like right now, and you know, I'm, and I'm not trying to crap on anybody else, on a lot of people, but I'm just saying it's like right now, like, like that theological depth, you know, people have gotten away from that for the most part. And you know, and, and so like now, man, it's like, like, like it's, like you got people who are kind of returning to that, especially with the, uh, with the dropping the Timothy album the other day, and yeah. uh, which I have, which I have yet to listen to and digest, but like, uh, but I mean, you know, like, so hearing that you guys might have something in the works, man, that's that's huge for me because it's like, man, like I feel like we need that, you know. Yeah, and, I, I think it is needed. You know, I, I think unfortunately, and I've always said this, and people have kind of they get a, they've gotten annoyed with us, especially other rappers in the you know in the in the uh movement have gotten really kind of you know they, they think we beat a dead drum but it's true I, I think the danger with christian hip-hop has always been that we take our cues from the secular world so the dumber it get depending on like what the flavor of the month is so for example now secular hip-hop is very mindless right so like to what degree do we follow that to what degree we right. do we make music that has no substance just because they're doing it do we have to sound and, and imitate them in every way so like we've always one of the things you know we've we've never you know gotten a lot of accolades but i think one thing that people will look back on us and say and maybe they won't realize until the lord takes us home is that hazakim was mad original and we always wanted to say something we didn't want to be generic because there's a million christian rappers out there there's a million guys rapping about the lord but so much of it and i don't say this in a bad way but a lot of it is just it doesn't have a lot of substance it's and that's in music in general not just hip-hop you know, um, it's rare to find music that really speaks to you and says something and says unique and, and, and profound and says it in a way that like is kind of unique. So whether it's stylistically, content wise, we've always driven ourselves to not be generic. So um, and that can work for you and against you. It works against you because for mass consumption, typically it's the it's the more simple stuff. You know, it's, it's the more simple, fun stuff that's less weighty, that gets the most love. Um, at music festivals and stuff like that's the stuff people want to hear. But but I think the pros to that is the test of time. You know what I mean? So yeah, as as time progresses and as all the trends and fads come and go, and we look back 20, 30 years from now um, at different, you know, everybody's different catalogs and you know and their resumes. It's like you know, for the glory of God, I think we can say like we've always given it our all to say something for his glory that's profound not just generic and also to do it in a way that's musically interesting so hey, man, oh, man, true that true that and, and, and that's what i that's what i love about my favorite christian artists are artists like you who think like that you know mm -hmm. um it's like we're not in it for the fad or for what's trendy man let's let's let's, let's deal with the doctrine because like we need to let's deal with discipline let's deal with what the word says and let's let's yeah. teach people let's edify the saints and glorify god and that's huge man uh, one of my um you know i talked about how like going from shaolin to, to like kind of like finding you guys um discovering you guys i gotta tell you like some of my first experiences uh and just in listening to you guys as not, not just as uh musically but um just listening to your conversations the chopping block yeah like you guys you guys used to do the chopping block which 
man, I love those episodes. And um, and it looked like, man, like if I could, if I can guess correctly, it looked like one of those episodes you guys had a chopping block, and it was like Esso, it was Shy, I think Timothy Brenda was there, uh, or whatnot. I think you, you and Mike were there. And it looked like I probably either just finished shooting the video because I remember watching Esso's video, Sure Thing in Christ, and it was like y'all uh, did it even before yep, or after yeah. the video. Yeah, because it sounds like I mean, it looked like y'all, I mean, I, I made I made that connection, and I yeah, think like uh, right. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, and then, and there's uh, there was some things, man, like uh, like you said that you know I was just kind of interested. So like when you talk about uh, like the messianic uh, Hebrew uh, position. Can uh, I mean I, I know you probably touched on this more. Like, is there anything more that you can tell me about, like what that looks like uh, for Absolutely. you as a as, as a believer? Like, is it like a is it a denominational thing or like well, like what does that look like? I think you know I think more than a denominational thing because I've had this conversation a lot lately. And let me start by saying there are a lot of cults out there. There are certain Hebrew roots movements. There's of course the Hebrew Israelites that. They 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 make the they they make the Jewish roots of the faith look so cultish and weird, and their emphasis yeah. is completely on all the wrong things like language, ethnicity, glorifying tradition or glorifying feast days that they almost turn people off. When in fact, and, and the same can be said for anything. I mean, there are cults that elevate study, you know, over everything or the gifts of the spirit, and what they do is mm -hmm. they ruin it. They have a tendency to to almost Caricaturize, characterize or turn it into a caricature where people are afraid to touch it. So I, I'm not down with any of that. Um, uh, but so like for me, it's more of an identity thing. I think um, the reason Jewish believers in Jesus identify as Messianic Jews is because, and I mean, this is a whole can of worms and I don't want to keep you, especially with the tacos waiting, but um, <laughs> like, I, yeah, if someone were to ask me if I'm a Christian, by all means, absolutely. I believe the exact same. I believe in the deity of Christ. I believe in the triune nature of God. You know, I believe in those core doctrines and we would agree. I think the reason Jewish believers often identify as a Messianic Jew, first off, the word Messianic um, is basically the, the Jewish way of saying Christian, like Christ, Messiah. It's the same word. So Christ is the Greek equivalent to Messiah. Um, and it's done for sort of evangel evangel I'm sorry, evangelistic purposes and for cultural identity purposes. So what I mean is the word Christ to a Jew, a non-believing Jew, it has no meaning. They Like most Jewish people growing up believe that Jesus was the son of Mr. and Mrs. Christ. They don't know what Christ means. And I think even in contemporary non-Jewish culture, when you hear the name Christ, most people don't know what that means because I think it's more appropriate to say Jesus the Christ, right? And then you know yeah. it's a title. Um, and then you get that's, to tell him what Christ. It's, it's funny that you said that because I remember my cousin once asked me. So he was like, "Man, is Christ Jesus' his last name?" Like, I yeah. remember asking that once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's well, I, th that. I think it's because it's. Uh, but Messiah, when we say Messiah, people have a better idea. Even in, again, even in contemporary culture and mainstream American culture, when you say Messiah, it kind of denotes an anointed savior. Like we know what that means. So messianic just comes from the word Messiah, just like Christian comes from the word Christ. And I think what, for, so for Jewish believers in Jesus, there's an, there's a, like a, a, an effort. It's a conscious effort to identify as a Jew who believes in Jesus. And the reason that's important and people would say, well, why aren't you were just part of the church? You need to just sort of, you know, abandon that part of who you are and just be absorbed into the church. But the reason that Jews who believe in Jesus want to stand out and say, hey, we're Jews that believe in Jesus, number one is to witness to God's goodness and his 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 promise keeping power, right? That he is the Messiah. 
that Jesus is the Messiah and that there are Jews who acknowledge him as Messiah. That's a powerful statement. You know what I'm saying? When the majority of Israel rejected him and the Jewish leadership tells the Jewish people, don't look at this Jesus. He's not for you. He's not the Messiah. For Jews to stand up and say, hey, I'm a Jew and I I know he's the Messiah and I know that he's God in the flesh. That's a profound statement. So I think in a lot of senses, that title is more of something that's it's it's an identifier more than it is a denomination. So it's in, in, in essence, a Jew saying, you know what, I'm bucking all of these labels. I'm bucking what what tradition tells me, what the rabbis tell me. I identify as a believer in Jesus. Um, and I'm still a Jew in that I, you know, I'm, I, I was born a Jew. I'm going to die a Jew, um, you know, and uh, it, it, because being a Jew is, is an ethnicity. People think it's a religion. Judaism is the religious aspect. But being a Jew right. is an ethnicity. And if you're an, a Hawaiian or you're a Chinese person or a Nigerian, you don't stop being those things. Um, mm. And it doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you worse. It just makes you. You know, uh, one of the beautiful things I think about the about the the picture that we get in the book of Revelation at the end, uh, in the New Jerusalem, it says the nations will bring their glory into it. And I don't think mm. it was ever God's heart to make everyone a Jew or to make everyone a Nigerian or everyone a Brit, a, a Brit, or you know, what I mean, like right. the beautiful right. picture of the body of of Christ is that you have all people from all na nations and languages coming together worshiping the true God you know, through Jesus, what he accomplished. So, so just to clarify, I think that's, that's a lot of times what's meant by the word Messianic Jew. Now there are cultural things. There are aspects that, that typically follow that. And if we, you have time and you want me to unpack what some of that looks like, I can. Um, sure, go ahead, but, go ahead, man. Yeah. This, this is good stuff, man. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Yeah. 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 So, so like for, so, so, um, typically a Jewish believer in Jesus and some of them, you know, again, I don't mind being called a Christian. Um, and I, as a multi-ethnic man, I'm loyal to all my, all the cultures that make me who I am. But again, being raised in the movement, um, having Jewish roots on both sides, you know, of my, of, of my family, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just something I identify with. And especially because I have a heart to see the Jewish, um, community where, where I live and even abroad, I have a heart to see them saved. I have a heart to see them acknowledge Jesus as Messiah. So it's important to, like Paul said, to a Jew, I became a Jew, right? To a Greek, to identify with the people to some degree that you have a heart to reach. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, but what that looks like, so for example, um, and these things aren't salvific, and this is kind of where we draw the line between cultural identif identification and sort of cultural solidarity to some degree, um, and even a, following biblical mandates uh, or what scripture teaches or the example of Paul and Peter, you know, in the first century, the difference between that and a cult is when you make huh? things like keeping kosher and keeping Sabbath salvific, when, when in fact our salvation comes from the merits of Messiah alone, you cannot right. earn your way into heaven. And I don't like arguing about this stuff because at the end of the day, I agree with Paul. If you esteem one day above another, you know, and you do it with a clear conscience, um, then praise God. Having said that, um, because we I see Jesus and we as as a movement see Jesus in everything, even the Sabbath, right? And we see right. him in the Passover. I mean, I I did a teaching recently on the Feast of the Lord, the feast that God gave Israel, and these things are in the New Testament, but it's rarely taught, and so people don't ever really get they're never hit, they're rarely hit with the full weight of this. But the fact that God gave Israel, for, I'll just give you a quick example: God gave Israel the, the feasts. And it starts, uh -huh. the calendar starts with the spring feasts. And then there's a gap, the summer months, and then there's the fall feasts, 
Well, the spring feast, the first of the spring feast is Passover, right? The second of the spring feast is first fruits. And the third of the spring feast is, is uh, Shavuot or it's known as Pentecost. And these are Old Testament feasts. They're kept by Jews every year. So Passover is commemorating the exodus from Egypt when the blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost of the house, you know, and then when, when the right. Lord saw the, the, the blood, death passed over that house. And then the first Sunday after Passover is the Feast of First Fruits. So it's sort of uh, uh, commemorating or offering your first fruits to the Lord uh, from the harvest. And then and then 50 days from Passover uh, is, is Shavuot remembering the giving of the law. Well, when you read the New Testament, you learn in all the gospels that Jesus, the, the night of his, the night before he died. And the, so basically in the Jewish calendar, the day begins at sundown and ends at sundown. So the same day that he died, he ate the Passover meal with his disciples. And the, you know, we call it the, the, the last supper in America, but the Bible tells us right. it was a Passover meal. And so you have the lamb of God, right? Um, uh-huh. Being killed on the very day that Israel is commemorating the lamb in Egypt saving them from bondage and death passing over. So, I mean, it's beautiful. So you have the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of the house. uh, And then, you know, John, here comes Jesus, the Messiah, and John identifies him as the lamb of God. And on that very day, on that very day, he dies on the cross for our sins as the lamb of God. And then the first Sunday after that, first fruits, he becomes the first fruits from the dead. He rises from the dead with a glorified body. And then 50 days from Passover, Shavuot or Pentecost, which commemorated the giving of the law at Sinai. When you read the account in the Old Testament, it says 3,000 people died on the first Pentecost because of the sin of the golden calf when the law was given. But then in the New Testament, 3,000 people are saved on the very same day. So you see Jesus fulfilling. Yeah, you see Jesus fulfilling (laughs) the feasts. I mean, it's amazing. Um, Even the fact, like even you had, you know, 400 years of slavery in Egypt, essentially, right? And then, uh-huh. and then the intertestamental period was roughly 400 years. So uh, right, before right. Jesus came, you had 400 years of silence, and then, the, and then the Lamb of God shows up. In the Old Testament, you had 400 years of, of, of slavery, and then the Lamb shows up. There's, I mean, you could go on and on. You can't make this stuff up. The yeah. disciples weren't right. brilliant enough to weave this stuff together. So right, right, right. Like so, when we see that now, Jesus fulfilled the spring feast. There's no record of him fulfilling the fall feasts yet. I believe those are are pointing to his second coming, and I think it can be easily demonstrated from prophecy and from promises in Scripture that he will return and fulfill the feast of trumpets and all that stuff, um, which uh-huh. are the fall feasts. Um, and, but but the point is that it all points to him. It's all about him. It's not about a real. It's not about. Uh, racial identity, ethnic identity, language, um, you know, or glorifying a culture or legalism. It's about Jesus. When you make it about him, man, it's like it brings, it brings, it brings new life into the, these things. So, so like for a Messianic Jew, like we keep Passover in remembrance of Jesus. Matter of fact, Paul makes allusion to that in, to the Corinthian church. He says, since Christ is our Passover lamb, let us keep the feast without leaven. Um, mm-hmm. And he he talks about leaven and a batch of dough and sin. He makes all these like Paul uses Passover to paint these pictures of sin and purity and Jesus and even first fruits. He calls Jesus the first fruits from the dead. Of course, he died on for he rose rather on first fruits and um, so 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 like we keep the feast of the Lord in remembrance. Now I know some Jewish believers who also do Christmas. Uh, some who eat keep kosher. Some who don't. It's never, I never make an incumbent upon other people to keep kosher. If I choose to do that, it's just a cultural thing. 
Uh, it has right, nothing right. to do with my spirituality. I'm not closer to God, whether I eat pork or not. It's just one of those things. So um, just to kind of explain to you what it looks like, that's kind of how it looks, man. It's 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 uh, having a heart for the Jewish people, wanting to see them saved and identifying with them and showing them from scripture, look, he is the Messiah. He fulfills what was written. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, that, that's dope, man. I, I, and that's the type of stuff that I'm talking about, man. Like, like, like cats like you. I mean, people like this, like, like artists like you. When you come out and you, and you put stuff like this into your music, you show people that the Bible is really, it's really far more epic than than what we make it to be. Sometimes, like it, yeah. like that's just just, a, just. I mean, like the way God just laid out the course of history and they preserved it in His Word. You're right. No man. I know no group of men are smart enough to, to to put something like that that together, man. And it's like, yeah, this, this brings out the beauty of God's word. Uh, before um, before um, I go into ask you this next question, I just want to say something. There was something else that that uh, I wanted to say back about that chopping block, about, not that particular chopping block, but another one that you had, in which it was you, Stephen the Levite, Jason, and Shylin, and you guys were talking about. Uh, I guess like it was like you guys were kind of talking about reform theology, and you know, and it kind of just put it out there that you know not everybody on that mode is necessarily identify uh, with reform theology. But I got to tell you that that conversation uh, was an encouragement to me, showing that hey, we may not one wholeheartedly agree on the how salvation works on soteriology, but we're brothers in Christ, and like 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 that that uh, that conversation was peppered with so much grace. And, and, and love, man. Like, like, and it's just—I just want to tell you, man. Like, uh, I just appreciate your heart behind all of this, man. Uh, thank God for uh, for people like you, uh, and, and you know, and, and, and those other brothers, man, who can come together and show, like, man, look, this is what fellowship looks like, uh, you know, man. So I just wanted to just throw that out there and say that on air, and uh, hopefully, folks can go and, and check for those episodes, and and I mean, and be edified. Brother, thank you. Yo, you know, we we we've heard that so much. And, and it really is true. I mean, these things, these minutiae, you know, even like one of my big passions is eschatology. But at the end of the day, let's be honest, man, we are brothers and sisters in the Lord trying to understand what is infinitely, like infinitely majestic, infinitely complex, you know, the divine, the divine redemption, you know, like the redemption of, of man and the divine plan. Mm-hmm. So we, we all have to show each other grace. And I used to be very dogmatic and to some degree I do dogmatically hold to certain things, but like calling each other, you know, damn, you know, just damning each other and and constantly we have to on the non-essentials, we have to show grace because I guarantee you all of us are going to learn things in his presence that we never knew. And we're going (laughs) to, we're also going to have to reconsider some things. I, I know that I'm wrong on things. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think there's a man alive who has it all figured out because God is infinite. And so we have to show grace. Like we can't, we can't go around, you know, like just nitpicking and trying to find errors. Um, I mean, when it's something horrible and it, it is heretical, we need to call that out. I'm not saying we don't, but you know, sometimes we can get carried away and we, and we can almost like delight in finding fault, you know, faults and error with, with one another. Um, and that's not good. Right. That's not good at all. Uh, so, um, real quick, man, this is the question I ask everybody who comes on. Um, what are 
you listening to these days, if you're listening to anything or who have been some of your bigger influences, whatever the case may be, whatever way you want to take that influences, what you're listening to today, uh, go ahead and go answer that. Yeah, as far as CHH goes, I'm, I, I like uh, Flames' newest album. Um, we played in the car. My, my son digs it. My wife digs it. Um, I think it's dope. I've always respected Flame's approach and how, like, no matter what, he's never sold out. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not crazy about stylistically all of it. And I even wonder if he is, you know what I mean? He's he's kind of an OG as well. <laughs> like, but, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to reach a, a broader audience. So I know he's got to, he has to do what he has to do there. Um, and that's not to say, like, I don't dig on some trap stuff. Matter of fact, some of the newer stuff I do, and I do a ton of features. I've done everything under the sun from trap to, you know, boom bap. Um, and honestly, I'm burnt out on boom bap. Like I, I like progressive hip hop, but there's a certain element um, that 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 I think musically inspires me. That's not in a lot of boom bap or trap music. It's just kind of you know what I mean. When, whenever a style or a genre or a movement gets repetitive and monotonous, mm -hmm. it just gets a little boring for me. So honestly, man, like right. I dig I dig flame for content and also for like his he's lyrically nice. Um, but I, I think in general, I'm just a little burnt out on a lot of a lot of stuff. There is some dope hip hop I'm hearing. Um, uh, man, bro, uh, I think Ishan Burgundy is brilliant. I really like his stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 actually, I like the new Timothy Brindle project as well. I produced two tracks on that album. Um, yeah. And okay. yeah, yeah, I did the intro and then uh, the Offspring, uh, the Offspring track as well. But uh, yeah, I'm actually, man, I'm digging on like, I've been going back to a lot of the 70s. Interestingly, I'm listening to like a lot of the 70s blues and, and, and like folk and rock music. I'm just going, I go through weird phases and that stuff actually inspires me even in my, in my, um, in my, my, my production and my, my songwriting approach to hip hop and stuff. Now, I'll feel you on that. That was actually a really good era for music, man. Like it's just, uh, just stylistically, uh, they just put out some real good music back then. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, yeah, you know, like, especially like just old soulful uh, joints. Oh, uh, oh my God. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, like they, I, in all honesty, like, it's rare to find anybody who sings like they used to sing. Oh, absolutely. It's really rare. It's yeah. really rare. And, and, it, and it's, yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, brother. Go ahead. No, 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 it's all good. No, I was just saying, like, man, I, just, I, 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 I find myself occasionally going back to some of that old stuff, man. And, or, or, uh, or even like a, even like the rock and roll songs from back then, man. Like if you can find, I mean, you know, I know people say what they want to say about rock and roll, but I mean like the instrumentation, uh, just the production quality of it all, the fact that the people actually had real talent. Uh, behind oh, absolutely, their music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, and that's the that's the beauty about the '70s. Whether it was soul music, R and B, and soul and R and B were different things back then. But soul, R and B, rock um uh you know soft rock ballads the thing and, and i think the 90s had a little bit of that too the cool thing was there was so much variety um right so like you had for example at soul music and i don't want to get off on a rabbit trail but all right let's say r&b soul we kind of meld those categories together someone like a curtis mayfield and then you had someone like a marvin yeah. gay then you had some like yeah. a group like the delphonics then you had a group like the ojs i mean you had so much yeah. variety and nobody sounded the same then you had gladys knight then you had like mm -hmm. al green and you know what i'm saying like it was yeah. so diverse and that was just one yeah. genre then you could go to rock music and you you know what i mean you could look at hendrix and mountain and you know what i mean and um yeah uh, uh canned heat i mean you had like all these different styles and and i think that's kind of what why a lot of people complain about music now is because it's become you have a handful of producers 
in the industry, in the mainstream industry, kind of making all the hits. So it all sounds the same. And then it trickles down into like even Christian music where we're trying to keep up. So we're doing it just like them and our stuff like the, So, I mean, whether it's the musicality, the, 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 the sincerity of the singing, um, the, the approach to production, there was just a lot of, and the I mean, I was listening to Sly and the Family Stone the other day. Um, if yeah. you want me to stay, which is one of my favorite songs of theirs. And I mean, just when you hear Sly singing those, those words, man, just so much, so and grit to his voice. So yeah, like, yeah. um, you know, man, I think when people when people hear it, no matter what's hot, when people hear good music, they got to recognize it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if bubblegum is hot. When you hear a dope song with real talent, you've got to tip your hat. You've got to stop and listen. So, like, when you hear great music, my thing is if you hear great music and it makes you stop and listen and the singer or the MC or whatever, the artist is giving glory to God, how much more beautiful is that? You know what I mean? Right. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree. That's, that's good stuff. Hey, so real quick, um, before we wrap up, where can the people find your music? Or And, and I got to honest, be honest with you, you seem like one of those guys, man, who seem to be very approachable. So if they ever just wanted to holler back at you and so forth, how can they holler at you? So um, tell the people where they can find you and your, and your product. Absolutely, man. So like, uh, and, and honestly, man, we're a little bit, my brother and I, we're a little bit bad about social media. We've we've we pulled away a lot because it takes away a lot of time from the Lord and from family ministry. So we're not on as much as we should be. Like our Instagram, we post like once a month or something. But on Instagram, if you look us up, we can find us at Hazakim H A Z A K I M, as in Mary H A Z A K I M. Now Twitter, I'm I'm pretty consistent on that. And so Twitter Hazakim, same same name on Facebook Hazakim Music. I don't really do, we don't do really do Snapchat. You can also find us on YouTube. We got music videos out. We're working on a new album. Again, we should have a, a single out very soon. Um, and we're working on with some brothers on, on getting that joint release. And I think it's it's gonna be more like theological goodness. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's really what we're focusing on. Giving people not just what they want, but what they need. And I think in these times, of uncertainty and with you know even like the, the shooting that happened we need the, the word of god man we need it more than more than ever so Amen. True that, um, true that. that's the answer so so yeah man that's where you can find us um yeah and if you have questions theological questions whatever you can hit me up on twitter or facebook um but twitter may even be the easiest way for me to see your your comment um yeah man awesome you folks have been listening to my brother tony ray from how's the king um, yeah, thank you again for coming on. Uh, if you guys are looking for us, we are the Bar Podcast. You can find us on Facebook by the a page by the same name, the Bar Podcast. Uh, be on the lookout for my brother Dwayne from the the Parent Podcast. That's what I call it, uh, which is the Bar Podcast, in which he's probably going to be featuring some cool teacher. You know, if you haven't heard our show before, check us out at thebarpodcast.com. And that way you can catch up on all the other previous episodes. You can listen to some of the previous artists. Also, uh, be sure to check us out for Be Not Deceived. That's the page that started it all on Facebook. Be Not Deceived. Go there, hit the like button, follow along with some of the conversations that we have. I'm your man, T. Barlow. You can find me, T. Demars Barlow, on Facebook, T. Space, B-E-I-N-A-R-I-S, Barlow, B-A-R-L-O-W. And you can almost also find me on Twitter, T.D. Barlow, T-D-E-I-B-A-R-L-O-W. And then I'm something on Instagram. I don't know. If you if you friend me on Facebook, you'll be able to find me on Instagram. Um, so having said all of that, thank you folks for listening. Stay tuned. We're definitely going to be featuring a song 
uh, from his brother here. So that way, if you haven't heard him before, you can hear some of that theological goodness that he was talking about. So until next time, my people, thank you for listening. Grace and peace. Hey, before you go to the next podcast or turn the radio off, I want to remind you about this month's sponsor, Striving for Eternity. Go to their website, get $5 off their new book, What Do We Believe? Go now. God bless. What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get an invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there